Hello, adventure family. I am sitting in my truck. It's Kat Caldwell Myers here. And I am looking out at a white tent with green all around it and a blue gray sky at the Kentucky Horse Park. Okay, this is my first time to the Kentucky Horse Park. When I was in fifth grade, we all had to pick a state to write about and do a research paper on. And of course, I chose Kentucky. Do you know why I chose Kentucky? I chose Kentucky because I wanted to draw pictures of horses and I knew that Kentucky had more horses, has more horses than any other state, I believe. Actually, I should do some modern day research on Kentucky. The point is, the vibe here in Kentucky is all about horses. And nowhere is it more so than right here at the Kentucky Horse Park. This weekend, we attended Briarfest. It was amazing. If you don't know what Briarfest is, don't worry. I didn't know either. <laughs> but we attended Briarfest. And this is a celebration of the horse that it revolves around a model horse movement. There is even a gal who is starting something called Model Horse University. What? What am I even talking about? Well, my sister and I, when we were kids, we used to play with these briar horses and they're realistic representations of all of the breeds. When we were kids, they were all realistic, authentic horses. There were a few cows, donkeys, maybe even pigs thrown in there. But nowadays, they have also added some fantasy and unrealistic, like the painted ponies kind of a thing. And they're all so beautiful. The craftsmanship, the detail, every one of them is painted by hand. And having a briar model horse is an adventure in and of itself. I know this because I grew up with these briar model horses. And a few things I want to share about briar when I was a kid, you know, at a certain point, you look out at this herd that you have, and, and I probably had at least 30 model horses. And you start to outgrow them, as children do. You outgrow your Barbies, you outgrow the play. But I still found them so beautiful that I came up with ways to connect with them. And I did not even know about Briarfest, which started, by the way, in 1990. And I was really a child of the 80s. So well, there's that. But there are a lot of adults here, I will say. And this movement has been going on since 1950. So the history of Briar is that this clock was made and the clock, it was a mantelpiece clock that you would put on top of your fireplace mantle. And there was a horse on top of the clock. And it was such a popular piece that they began getting requests, not just for the clock, but for the horse by itself because it was such a beloved item. And so this year for my anniversary with my husband, we just celebrated 11 years of marriage. I bought him a celebration clock, which they remade in 2000. So this clock is now 23 years old. 
It's considered an antique. <laughs> and it's very interesting to be part of this movement of model horses. And there's even something about showing model horses. So I'm actually going to save that for a separate uh, download. I might talk about it right now. But the thing I wanted to talk about in this moment is knowing when to call it. So you can probably hear in my voice, I have a little bit of a cold going on. You know, I just call this the COVID funk. It's been coming and going a little bit, and it's it's a coming right now. Now, it doesn't surprise me with the number of things we were literally hauling to get out the door on our adventure last week, okay? We decided to pack up our house and set it up to sell and relocate across the country to Idaho, which is big in and of itself. But in the middle, we're embarking on this incredible journey, this adventure, living in a living quarters horse trailer. It's our dream horse trailer, folks. It houses all three of our horses, the pony, a cat, a dog, two small children in bunk beds, and mom and dad. There's space for cooking. There's space for eating in a booth, which is our favorite. And that also turns into a bed if we have friends over. There's a slide, which means that it opens up into a bigger room. There's a bathroom with a toilet and a shower and a sink. And there are closets and trunks for everybody. There are even these little hideaway storage and stowage places underneath the bunks. It's so, so, so cool. And this has been our dream for a long, long time. If you've been following along, you know. So the point is, when it actually comes time to embark on your dream... There are often all of these extra challenges that show up, and we chose to take on this additional challenge of shining up our house right before leaving. So we literally had painters in our house shooing us out. There was, there was nowhere to stand anymore. We needed to go, and we had Briarfest to come to. So it was this beautiful transition of getting on the road and knowing that everything was going to get taken care of. If we forgot something, we could either buy it on the road or have it sent to us down the road. When you finally make that transition to get on an adventure, don't second guess yourself. Just stay in the moment, stay present, and also know when it's time to add in a rest day. So today, Monday, we are adding in a rest day. I'm a little bit sick. I need a little bit more rest. My husband has got a little bit of this funk too. My my daughter had it first a couple weeks ago. So of course we've picked it up now and who knows if the other one's going to get it. But rest is so important. And having a home, a space, a, a place to recover from your adventure, to recharge your batteries before going back out. So we're calling it. Today, we're calling it. We know it's time to call it. And you know, there are moments in our life where we learn this gift of when to call it. I'm thinking right now of the most serious horseback riding accident I've ever had. Knock on wood, maybe the only one I'll ever have. And I was 18 years old and I was in the big Gymkhana at my high school. 
and I was slowing my horse down and he tripped and somersault flipped. And I just, I just fell a little bit wrong. And I was in the arena. There were, you know, hundreds and hundreds of spectators. And I could hear over the loudspeaker, blue team captain, are you okay? And I wasn't quite sure if I was okay. And I was on my knees with my hands on my thighs. And I was trying to figure out, like, can I stand up? Like, am I okay? What's going on? And I knew everyone was watching. And so I put both of my thumbs out to my sides. Thumbs up. I'm okay. But I didn't stand up. I put my hands back on my thighs. And I heard him announce, she's okay. Blue team captain's okay. We're going to carry on. And then my dad came over and he put his hand on the back of my shoulder and I just started screaming and said, don't touch me, don't touch me. Because when he touched me, it felt like fire burning. Now, if you've ever had nerve damage, you know what this is. It was the experience of uh, a broken nerve connected, didn't know this at the time, to a fracture in C6, C7, which is at the low point of your neck along your spine. But I didn't know that. I just knew that when my dad touched me, it felt like fire burning. So I asked him to stop, and he was concerned that I shouldn't get back on the horse. He's a, at this point, retired orthopod. But at that time, he was still in the, you know, throes of his profession. He had me get up. He helped me off the field. And then I wanted to get back on my horse. And they didn't want me to get back on my horse, but I really wanted to get back on my horse because... When you fall off, you get back on. That's the cowgirl way. It's good for you. It's good for the horse. You never fall off and don't get back on. You have to get back on. But then I realized just the thought of reaching my arm up to the saddle horn and the mane and the reins and putting my foot into the stirrup to pull up, I realized I didn't have the strength in that arm because the whole arm felt like fire. It was very weird. So I said, okay, I agree. Let's go to the hospital and I'll get checked out. But then I'm coming back and I'm getting on this horse and I'm finishing because the blue team is winning and the blue team hadn't won in like 25 years. And I've got to come back. I'm the captain. We've got to finish this thing. Isn't it interesting how we can get so set on one side of things and miss the reality of what's going on, of when you need to call it? The same is true with me being a little bit sick right now. We got to go. We need to be there by this time. If you know anything about the last time that we took a huge family horse road trip, which I wrote a book about, which is coming, I said this summer, I'm now going to say end of summer, possibly early fall, (laughs) then you know one of the biggest lessons I got from that journey was to slow down. I think this is a lesson we all need. When you're trying to figure out how to call it, Often, you need to slow down. Even when you're in a lightning speed moment, riding a really fast horse on an airplane, driving a car at high speed, slow down that thinking to go through your options, then call it. Sometimes you do call it in that moment. It's just what happens. But if you can slow down or even stop, sleep on it. See how you're doing in the morning. Right now, I'm actually waiting to go and shower at the Kentucky Horse Park campground. Well, why wouldn't I shower in our awesome dream horse trailer? I'm so glad you asked. We're also learning about something called gray water. And gray water is all of the water you use to wash your dishes or take a shower, wash your face, brush your teeth, any of those things. And it collects in your tank and you have to go and you have to 
empty it. Well, guess what? Our gray water is pretty much full. And guess what uses a lot of gray water? A shower. So I'm not taking a shower in our Dream Horse trailer on the last day. We're going to have to go drain it. And I'm waiting to get into the campground shower because it's closed for cleaning. Most people left yesterday, Sunday afternoon. Horse shows end on Sunday. Everybody goes home. There was the Saddlebred show going on this weekend. It was so cool. The Horse America Made. If you don't know what that is about, it's that this was one of the first horses that was registered as a breed based in the United States. Kind of a big deal. How can you tell a Saddlebred is a Saddlebred? Well, I would say there are three main markers that you're looking for. The first one is at the top of the pole between the ears, and the mane has been shaved. Often, even the forelock has been shaved, which is the hair that goes on the front of the face, and it's been shaved, oh, about six inches all the way down the mane line. Why is that? Well, it's to accommodate a double bridle. Now, that double bridle will make the horse's head arc in a certain way to make that pole really high, and the front of the face often perpendicular to the ground or close to when they're really in their dress. So those would be the two things I'd look for is the shape of the head, that missing forelock is shaved off, and then at the back, the tail is pointed really high. I just learned the reason that tail is so high, kind of like an Arabian or a horse when it's really excited, they put their tails up. They actually use a metal bar to tie the tail up in that position. I'm not really crazy about that kind of stuff, but it is very interesting to note because it makes the breed look quite particular and stand out against other breeds. The Saddlebred, the Horse America made. See, you had no idea all this stuff you were going to learn on today's podcast, right? Speaking of today's podcast, knowing when to call it and also knowing when to ask for help is another important piece. That story I was telling you, I needed to get professional help. I needed to go to the hospital and find out what was going on with me. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I found out I had broken my neck. It was a very long day. Tell that whole story another time. But the point is you need to know when whatever is going on with you is beyond your capabilities. So we're having a bit of this going on, by the way, with the Dream Horse trailer. <laughs> we we got to our first destination. There there was a turn that turned out to be a little bit tight and uh, some, some hills that were a, a wee bit aggressive for our 42-foot, 3-inch rig. And we hit a bump and we lost some of our gray water because a piece of the pipe, which is on the underbelly of the trailer hit a rock or something and we lost it. Now the good news is my husband is super handy and he was able to get under there and put it all back together. The the bad news is <laughs> we have a, a piece, an elbow here of said pipe, which we're going to have to go and get some help to, to screw back on because it is going to take a little bit of innovativeness. Even after we empty the gray water tank, we're going to want some tools and expertise to put it back on correctly, make sure we don't lose it going down the road at 80 miles per hour. Fascinating, right? Isn't all this fascinating? So a big piece of the adventure and knowing when to call it is also knowing when you're okay to keep going. What are going to be the signs that you can carry on? And what are the signs that you need to stop? So Briarfest 
with the model horse show, with face painting, with all of these fun things that were going on, and my daughter doing her first model horse show. We're going to do a whole thing about that because it was so cool. It was really important to know when to call it. I also got to witness a girl riding an Icelandic horse. Now they have this really smooth gait. So they had a demonstration of a herd of, I don't know, maybe about five Icelandic horses, including Sporger. I'm not saying his name totally correctly, but I will put a link in there. This is one of the model horses that Briar has made, an authentic model horse of a real horse. And we got to meet him. He's a 17-year-old uh stallion. He's so beautiful. Icelandic horse. Oh my gosh. He's so beautiful. He's this cream color with these buttercup paint splotches all over him. He's so beautiful. And he just has this kind demeanor. And these horses were all trotting around and they were, they were (laughs) carrying a cup of colored water. So you could see it in clear glass and showing how smooth these horses were because they weren't spilling a drop at this gate that they go at that's really, really smooth. Looks like a trot. It's not a trot. I can't remember what the gate is called, but it's something Icelandics are famous for. And then one of the girls fell off. I didn't see exactly what happened, but I heard some people talking behind me. And it sounds like two horses were going towards each other and they made a bad call about who went left, who went right. And the horse stopped and she just missed it and she just popped off into the sand arena. She laid there for a long time, so long that one of the Mounted Police Kentucky Horse Park officers actually ran into the arena because they were waiting to do their demonstration next. That was incredible, by the way. Huge shout out to the Kentucky Horse Park Police Service. You guys are amazing. We loved visiting your barn and meeting all of you and especially Billy and Sunny. I'm going to post some photos of that both on our blog and on social media. Just so much respect. So grateful. Thank you so much. And she laid there for a long time and I found myself right back to when I was 18 years old there in the arena, everyone looking and wondering, is she okay? Is she okay? And the good news is this young girl was totally okay. Took her a minute. She stood up. I think she probably got the wind knocked out of her. She dusted herself off. She said, I lost the cup. (laughs) And then she got back on the horse, which is exactly what you're supposed to do. You get back on that horse. You finish riding for both of you, for your minds, for your hearts, for your souls, to remember that even when you have a moment where you have to call it or where it's called for you, it's okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to get back on the horse. I got back on the horse a year later because I was told I wasn't allowed to ride after breaking my neck. It took a little while. I actually believe it was a couple of years later because I got really into rock climbing, hiking, skiing, all of those things in college, and I took a break from horses. I rode my grandmother's horses when I was on vacation, but I took a little break. So it's okay to take a break from your passions too, because if they're really your soul passions, your soul adventure, it'll come back around, and you may do it differently 
the way I'm seeing all of these people showing up to celebrate the horse through a model horse and researching the breeds. I got to learn a lot about saddlebreds, by the way, helping my daughter learn about saddlebreds to show her model horse saddlebred. How awesome is this? I invite you to consider the adventure of your life and when to call it when to actually make the move. I met someone here at the campsite. He has one of the biggest RVs here. And I asked him, you know, how long have you been doing this? How big are those tires? By the way, they're the largest in the industry. I could tell. (laughs) It was pretty amazing. Nine month back order. And he said, you know, we'd always wanted to do this. And then my son's 20 year old friend died of, I believe it was brain cancer. And we said, life is short. Let's just go for it. So that's my invitation to you today on this Monday. We'll call this a maxi-sode because I've been talking for 20 minutes and I can tell I need to call it. If you want to learn more about our adventure, head over to catcaldwellmyers.com, find me on social media, or if all goes well at the coffee shop this morning, I am going to go and upload our blog, horseroadtripper.tumblr.com. T-U-M-B-L-R. Horse Road Tripper, just like it sounds, H-O-R-S-E-R-O-A-D-T-R-I-P-P-E-R. I'll put all that in the show notes. <sighs> it's summer. Summer is sometimes a wash. Know when to call it. Know when to take a nap. And have a beautiful week. Till next time. <laughs>